0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. We have games already played in the 2022-2023 season out in the Czech Republic. We saw Nashville sweep through San Jose, and that's huge. I'm telling you, it's tough to make the playoffs in the NHL. So when you're Nashville, who I think is a team that could be on the bubble out west, to be able to steal four points this early, it's pretty huge. And San Jose digs himself a hole. I don't think a wild card team's coming out of the Pacific Division. Don't think they're good enough to be one of the top three teams. And they dug themselves a hole. Not saying they can't get out of it, but when you're a team that's not looked upon as a playoff team to begin with, and you start 0-2, not the greatest of looks. And now... We get two games last night on national television on ESPN, and a game that I had the pleasure of calling Rangers a three-one victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's no such thing as revenge in the regular season for a postseason loss, but the crowd was electric. There was a there was a vibe around the building, and that's pretty good when you consider the Yankees were playing a playoff game down the street. But it's the Lightning, and and that's become a rivalry now. And the Rangers swept through the regular season against Tampa only to lose in six in the conference final. And I've seen a lot of regular season games that leave a lot to be desired. Guys haven't played consistently in the preseason. Dave brought it up. Dave Maloney, my partner, uh, during the game brought up how sometimes that in the preseason, you know, you're playing a team that has no players because everybody's resting and you have a full squad, so you can't really gauge uh, the quality of the game or vice versa. And it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde, as he put it. And now you get to the regular season, and bang, there it is. And sometimes there's a little rust to kind of knock off. Not last night. It just seemed like a continuation of the playoff series last year. Uh, There were – every puck was challenged. Uh, You you really just saw every body was hit. It was just a fun, entertaining back-and-forth game, scoreless in the first period. Rangers draw first blood on a a shorthanded goal from Mika Zibanejad. And I'm telling you, Zibanejad is going to have a Kreider-type season this year. I really think it's coming together for him – um, I like that Kako Kreider line with Savannah Jad on it. He's uh, 26 goal season for Kako last year, 52 goals for Kreider. I think that's going to be a very productive line. So he was amazing with not only a shorthanded goal, but a power play goal. Rangers committed a few penalties that you don't like, six of them in all, including a full two minute five on three that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning scored on the backhand from Stamkos, in the back end of it from Stamkos to tie the game at one. But the Rangers killed penalties twice in the game in which they killed a penalty and came right back and scored. Barkley Goudreau, let's not forget he got hurt in the playoffs last year and they missed him at times, had a deflection goal. Just a really nice, complete effort. Things that I was really impressed with with the Rangers, Zach Jones really coming into his own. I thought he had a fabulous game. He was very, uh, had as had John Tortorella likes to say, had a lot of jam. I thought he showed no panic in the, in the defensive zone protecting the puck. So I think he and Schneider, who went from number 45 to 4, uh, is a really good third pairing, and the Rangers are really looking like a team that's got the best defensive unit in the National Hockey League and last year's best goaltender in Igor Shosturkin who really was not tested last night but still did a good job so I don't see the Rangers giving up a ton of goals and I think they're going to score their their share as well will Kreider score 52 again probably not but the fact is you've got the younger kids playing better Lafreniere was good last night at Kako as I mentioned very good on that top line um, so you're going to see a lot more offense and really just a complete, complete team. The only negative for the Rangers last night, Vitaly Krasov had the leave of the game and did not return. We'll see what his status is going to be tomorrow in Minnesota, but the Rangers do have depth. Um, Julian Gauthier cleared waivers. They've got Dryden Hunt that's available to pop and play, so it's not like it's the end of the world, although you want to see this kid get a chance to grow. Last year didn't play, frustrated, demanded a trade, didn't trade him, the Rangers, and now he's a part of this team and is supposed to be a part of the second line with Trocheck and Panarin. I really was impressed with Trocheck. Any Ranger fan will tell you that over the last decade, it feels like face-offs have been a disaster. And boy, were they good last night uh, on face-offs. At, at, at one point, they had won, what was it, like 80-something percent of the face-offs. It ended up uh, kind of scaling down from there. i just punch up the event summary. It ended up... Uh, Ended up being sixty-four to thirty-six in favor of the Rangers, but they were dominant. Trocheck is a major reason for that. He was brought here to replace Ryan Strom, and he won sixty-three percent of his faceoffs. offs sixty-three percent of his face-offs. Good job out of Ryan Carpenter. F- picked up his first point as a Ranger, 75% of the face-offs. Heedle won 75% of his face-offs. Mika 69%. They're going to win faceoffs. They're a possession team to begin with, and you can win the draw, and you got the puck, and you're not giving it away. That's going to be fun for this Rangers team. As for Tampa, you know they're getting a little older now, but still Stamkos amazing, Kucherov's amazing, uh, but they've lost some pieces here over the last couple of years. We saw it last year with the loss of um, uh, a couple of people to expansion, obviously losing Goudreau. Uh, but they. Sorelli's uh, out. That's certainly going to hurt them. Um, Stamkos getting older. Kucherov getting older. Hedman now getting a little older. But still, uh, they're they're still might be in the back end of their prime. Not an old team by any stretch, but they've been tested. They've played a lot of games over the last few years. That's what happens when you go to three straight Stanley Cup finals and, and also a couple of wins uh, in there. So still exceptionally well-coached team, fun team. But they're going to be tested in that division with Florida, uh, Toronto still going to be very good, so uh, I still think Tampa is capable of winning that division because Vasilevsky is right up there as one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League, but uh, Tampa is still a, a really good team, but didn't get a lot of shots on goal. I mean, the Rangers really uh, clamped it down. Tampa ended up finishing with 26 shots on goal, but a lot of that came in the third period. A lot of that came in garbage time. A lot of that came on the power play. So five on five, I thought the Rangers were the better team. So it's only one game. You don't want to flip out either way. Tampa's going to be fine. You know, the Rangers are going to have their struggles and their bumps in the road during the course of the season as well. But the Rangers, I thought, needed to get off to a good start in a very, very competitive metropolitan division. Rangers won 3-1 and one in their last five years on home openers. So to get just their second win in the last six years at home, pretty good job. They were a good home team last year, amazing road team. They hit the road coming up here against Minnesota tomorrow, Winnipeg on Friday. I'll be on the call for both of those games. I'm going to fly out to Minnesota after the K show today. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, And the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they lose a road game. Again, not the end of the world. Good team that they lost to. Tampa, again, is going to be fine. And Tampa's next game is going to be in Columbus against the Blue Jackets. So I think they'll be fine. Now, you go out west to Vegas, where the Golden Knights, uh, a team that's going to need these wins too. I do not have the Golden Knights as a playoff team. I feel like they're going to go through what the expansion teams usually go through early and go through now. Missed the playoffs for the first time ever last year. think they're going to miss it this year. But (laughs) they're in a Pacific Division battling with the Kings, and the Kings I have as a three-seed. I don't have any wildcard teams coming out of the Pacific, so somebody's going to have to finish fourth, and maybe it will be the Kings, and maybe they'll look back at losing that point last night because that was a 3-3 tie, and then Stone lights the lamp at 1934 of regulation. So instead of going to overtime, both teams getting a point. Vegas walks away with the two points. Kings get nothing. Again, 81 games left in the season, but what could be a very tight and competitive Pacific division, where might only come down to a handful of points, a night like last night at home with a chance to go to overtime against Vegas, to not come away with any points kind of stings, puts a lot of pressure on them to kind of bounce back. These head-to-head matchups are so important, especially – those swing games where it's 2 nothing as far as points are concerned. There's so many close games, so many games that go to overtime in the shootout that it's sometimes really difficult to spread your wings and actually take that huge step forward. So when you have a home game against a divisional opponent you're battling with for position and you walk away with none and they walk away with two, you're going to have to make up for it. Again, first of 82. Not a big deal, but still, uh, we will see as the season goes on how much they're going to rue the day they miss that point. Now we get to sink our teeth into six games tonight. Boston Bruins of the Washington Capitals. That's the TNT first game of the doubleheader. Bruins are a team, new head coach, but they pretty much brought everybody back. I think they're a playoff team, but I think they're a third-place team in the, metropolitan, in the um, Atlantic Division. Washington, I do not have them going to the playoffs, but that's a really good one. And we're all keeping an eye on Alexander Ovechkin. It's going to be fun watching him all year long. At some point, he's going to pass Mark uh, Gordy Howe for the second-most goals in NHL history at 8.01 for Howe. Ovechkin enters the season at 780. So within the next couple of months, you would think Ovechkin, if he stays healthy, is going to pass Howe and just get as many goals as you can as he takes a look at number 1 Wayne Gretzky, 894. That's not going to happen for a couple of years uh, for sure. But he's still in his prime at the back end, but still in his prime. 50 goals last year for Ovechkin. So if he can put up 40-plus this year, he cruises past Howe and can actually set his sights to maybe a couple of years after that get to that elusive 894, maybe even score 900 goals and claim at least a stake in being maybe the best pure goal scorer we've ever seen in the National Hockey League. A long way to go to catch Gretzky as far as points are concerned, but I think when we all looked at 894, we've talked about this many times before, that it looked untouchable because you've got to have a lot of health, you've got to have a lot of big-time seasons, and listen, Ovechkin will be doing this no problem. Remember, he lost his entire rookie year because of the lockout. Lost half a season because of the lockout a few years ago, um, in in the um, in that 2012-2013 season with only 48 games. And, of course, COVID, which how many games were missed because of that, playing just a 56-game schedule a couple of years ago. So he probably – he might even be closing on the record now if all that didn't happen. But also because of those games not being played, he might be able to play a few more games on the back end and extend his career beyond 40 to be able to do this. But it really will be interesting to see how many he gets this year because each year you figure will be less and less as you get older. He's 37 years old. So another big 50-goal season this year, then I would say there's no question. If he stays healthy, he's going to break it. Have a stumbling year where you maybe score 35? Well, then there's going to be a question mark on whether it's going to happen because sometimes as you get older, you can all of a sudden just lose it. So what he does this year is going to be huge, and it begins tonight at home against the Boston Bruins. Columbus Blue Jackets at the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes are a 7 o'clock start. Canes I I had winning the Stanley Cup. If you listen to my preview, Columbus Blue Jackets, many people think this is going to be a better year for them. They've got the goaltending. They went out and got Johnny Hockey, which is going to really help getting a chance to play uh, with Patrick Line. There's some weapons there, too. I don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs, but I think they're good enough to threat, and that's a nice test tonight in Carolina. Uh, Also at 7 o'clock, one of the best rivalries in sports, the Montreal Canadiens at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I think Montreal is just going to really struggle this year again. They were bad last year. I think they're in a rebuild in Toronto should be able to take advantage of that. The second game of the doubleheader, my guy Kenny Albert's going to be on the call for here on TNT with the Avalanche home for the Blackhawks. Colorado raising their banner tonight. Blackhawks certainly in a rebuild. Um, D- Ducks and the Kraken at 10 o'clock, and then they, the Vancouver Canucks will be in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. That should be a fun game. You know, Vancouver missed the playoffs last year, but they were an entertaining team, and can JT Miller duplicate what he was able to accomplish last year? Which was um, his career year. And if he can do that and you start putting some things together, you know, it's not a crazy thought that this Vancouver team might be able to challenge for a playoff spot, but that should be a lot of fun coming up tonight at 10 o'clock. And I'll try to be watching from my hotel room, getting ready for Rangers and the Wild tomorrow uh, in Minnesota. All right, let's get hear from you. We didn't get a chance to do that in the preview at Don Lagreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We get started with Joseph G, who says it's great to be back. Love the show as always. Last night Igor was sharp, Panarin nifty, and Mika hot. Can the Rangers win the division over the Canes? And what are your expectations from the reigning Vesna trophy winner? Well, listen, Shisturkin's Shisturkin, right? I mean, with the defense in front of him, whether he wins the Vesna trophy again, that's another story. But you're finding goal. I mean, you're seeing kind of a Manning, Luck, Montana, Young type of transition here from Hank to Igor. Uh, we'll see whether Shosturkin can end up putting together those Hall of Fame numbers and have the longevity and the consistency that Hank had. But so far, so good. And what we've seen from him. He's obviously the least of their concerns. Panarin, puck position, terrific. Mika on fire, scoring goals. Um, there's not really a lot wrong with this team. Obviously, I think they're as complete a team as there is. Um, I think the Rangers will win the division because of that. As I mentioned in my preview, I think the Canes might not be as engaged in the regular season. We've seen that before, and then come playoff time, it'll be their time. But I definitely think the Rangers can win this division. Nicholas says, what hole do the Rangers have on their roster, if any? Seems to me this is the first time in a long time they have a complete team in all facets, no question. This is the deepest blue line in the NHL. Um, I guess you want to see what ends up transpiring with this fourth line. There might be some moving parts. I liked Carpenter last night, had a point. Uh, Jimmy VC, it's nice to see him come back and to be able to contribute. But you remember last year, you know, you had so many guys that really did a great job on that fourth line. Kevin Rooney's gone. Mott's gone. Um, we'll see with Gauthier can make it back to the team. But I- I'm with you. I really do not see a lot of weaknesses with this team. Uh, Chris, our resident Philadelphia Flyer fan, says, hey, Don, in recent interviews, John Tortorella said the Flyers are not ready to add a free agent like Goudreau, and the team has about 10 legit NHL players. Do you think he's approaching the Flyers as a rebuild? If so, is this the right coach for a rebuild? It's a great question. They're clearly in a rebuild. I mean, I think they're the worst team in that division. They've lost so many great players. The goaltending has never really come together the way we thought it would, although I do think Hart will still be a good goaltender. So much has been thrown at him so early, but you know Giroux is gone. Uh, that's a major piece. They traded him last year. They don't, they, they're still young, very young on the blue line, but I think there's a lot of talent there. It's an interesting question with Torts. Has he ever really been asked to rebuild? Because right, obviously in Tampa, he built that up. Remember, he was an interim coach for the Rangers before that, but you know, kind of a really good team in Tampa, had some pieces already in place, especially with Vinny LeCavalier and Martin St. Louis. Um, and then you move on to the Rangers. Uh, when he took over a Ranger team from Tom Rennie, they had been a consistent playoff team at that time with a lot of really good weapons and an amazing goaltender. Um Vancouver never really given a chance, but Vancouver wasn't in a rebuild when he went there because they still had the Sedine Twins. they still had Luongo. There were expectations around that team when he went there. Columbus similar thing, you know they already had some pieces in place. Uh, left over from Ken Hitchcock and a playoff, a consistent playoff team, although not a team that had ever won a playoff series before. But, yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, he always looks like he's the fixer, right? He's the guy you bring in when you've got a ready-made team and he's supposed to instill his discipline on a veteran team and, and elevate them, kind of like Peter LaViolette, where he, you bring him in, he instantaneously adds credibility and gets an underachieving team to overachieve and be better. This Philadelphia team's in a rebuild. But John Tortorella has become something different in recent years. I, I think it's unfair to look at him when he was in Tampa and he, when he was in New York. I think things really changed in Columbus for him. I think he's kind of mellowed. Uh, and I, I think he's got no choice but to embrace this. He knew what he was getting into when he took the job. You now A lot of money was thrown at him, I get it. And it was a disaster there in Philadelphia with AV and and all the the head coaches that were assistant coaches with Michelle Terrian and all that. But I think he's going to embrace the moment. I think he's going to do well. But it is clearly a legitimate question. Uh, Scott D says, can't bear to watch the Yankee baseball after the usual Mets debacle, so I watched the entire game without flipping. Talking about the Rangers. Rangers are tight on cap space, though. And uh, Kravtsov's injury could be a bad omen. Fingers crossed that they can stay healthy. Listen, they have the bodies, but as I mentioned before, they can plug Gauthier in. They can plug Hunt in. They've they've got, you know, eventually Sammy Blaze is going to come back from his injury. But you're talking about a second-line right winger. So they had a lot of expectations around him. So that would be a real tough one. Got a lot of Ranger love here on the uh, on the Twitter here today, Ryan. Over under seventy points for Trocheck this season. Well, when you're playing with Panarin, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably take the over on that. Uh, Panarin, if healthy, should be good for ninety plus. So shouldn't the center for Panarin be at least within a twenty point range of what Panarin's gonna be? So I I'm gonna say, and Trocheck's playing on the first power play. I think he is gonna be. Uh, I would go over. On that one, uh, Steve Brzezinski says. After last night's beautiful performance by Mika, do you think Mika will get back to his normal self and have a monster year? Yes, I, I really do think he is just going to have a monster season. I'm really looking forward to that happening. Um, I picked him on my one of the fantasy teams that I'm on. I, I really think Mika going to pop. He might he might have a similar season to what Kreider had last year, with the difference being I don't think it would be the surprise if he ended up scoring, you know, 40, 50 goals the way it was a surprise that Kreider did. Uh, Troy said, out of curiosity, were the Vegas Golden Knights cut for your last 16 because of their goaltending situation, or was there another factor that also played into your projection? Well, listen, Leonard's hurt, and so their goaltending situation's in flux, right? You lose so many really good players, and and, and patchoretti has gone, and, and I know Eichel's there, and Eichel scored last night, I just feel like there's going to be a bit of growing pains, uh, a new coach there. I, I, the, somebody's got to go. I think I just I don't believe they're a wild card team because I think there's are just too many good teams in the central. I do not believe they're better than the Kings and certainly not better than the Flames or the Oilers. So part of it's just circumstances. Um, but you saw it last year, and I understand they didn't have Eichel for half the season. I get that, but a lot of changes. I could be proven wrong. And last night certainly was a step in the right direction. But they had, they had all kinds of cap issues, and um, the trade for Eichel really took away a lot of their depth. But the, their goaltending's in flux, and I don't know when Leonard is going to be able to come back. And even when Leonard comes back, I mean, I, I, I like him. His story is absolutely amazing, but let's face it. I mean, is he an elite goaltender that's going to lead your team to the playoffs? Uh, he could be, but you can't say that it's not at the minimum a question mark um, about what he could end up being this year for them. Uh, this is not the team that had Marc Andre Fleury when they first started in the league, and you know, they're certainly in flux there. And uh we'll see what the goaltending can be for this team moving forward as Leonard um nurses that injury and maybe uh he'll be back at some point. Uh the goaltending was not really an issue last night for the Golden Knights, as they got a good job from uh, Logan Thompson, twenty-five years old. He's played uh what, twenty Appeared in 20 games. He's won 10 of his 17 starts of the National Hockey League. Good goal against average, including last night. So if he can surprise and be a consistent goaltender and check that box for Vegas, yeah, then I think clearly they could be a team uh, that could could make the playoffs. I'm not 100% sold on the Kings. Their goaltending situation, I think, is a little bit better, although Quick's getting older, but Hey, you got you got, a lot of, you got a lot of teams that I like that I had missing the playoffs, right? I love Ottawa. I like where Columbus is. I like where New Jersey's headed. Um, so missing the playoffs, again, is not a scarlet letter in this league anymore. It's hard. I was talking about this with Dave last night. I mean, think about it. I, I get frustrated. I know I'm a defender of the NHL, but what's happening in the NBA is a joke, right? I mean, they've got the play-in game, so technically – Twenty of their thirty teams play in the postseason. Baseball just expanded their playoffs. The the NFL has added an extra wild card team, so twelve of thirty-two teams and twelve of thirty teams in football and basketball, baseball respectively, have been added. The NHL, it's half. You know, it's right in between uh, football and baseball, and basketball is where half the teams miss the playoffs. It's not like the old days where you had 16 out of 21. It's now 16 out of 32. I mean, give the NHL credit for that. I don't like their playoff format, and they've toyed with things, but this is a league. Every other sport, when they've had expansion, added playoff teams. The uh, baseball went into a wild card situation because of the four additional teams that were added, with Arizona, uh, Tampa uh, joining the fold, uh, the Florida Marlins uh, coming in to the league. Well when those teams came in, Colorado Rockies, they added four teams. They added the wild card. Football, the same thing. When they went to thirty-two teams, they held on for a while, but they they added eventually added a second wild card. Now a third wild card. You know, basketball has not expanded, and yet still has added the play-in. And even though you're technically maybe not in the playoffs, you're still in the postseason. You're still playing after the regular season. You still have an avenue after your regular season to get into the official playoffs. So to me, that's still postseason play, and that's 20 out of 30. So you know how bad you have to be to not even be in the play-in in the NBA? And the NHL went from 21 teams to 32 and never added any playoff teams. They've messed with their format, but still it's 16 teams. Yeah, 16 out of 21 It was laughable the regular season for some teams. But in the NHL now, hey, that game last night, Kings Kings losing out on that point might cost them a playoff spot. You know, uh, I don't think Tampa or the Rangers have to worry about it, but teams like Vegas, teams like um, – L.A., you know, tonight with Columbus taking on Carolina. I mean, Columbus is going to need every point they can get to make the playoffs. They could be vastly improved. New Jersey could be vastly improved. If they get goaltending, they could be better. The Islanders are a team that went back to back conference finals, third round, technically, in the playoffs. And then last year they missed because of COVID and because of all the road games early in the season. And now they're back with the same team. And there's still questions on whether they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs with essentially the same team that two years ago came within a whisker of going to the Stanley Cup final. And would have won the Stanley Cup had they beaten Tampa because they would have wiped the floor with Montreal. And now they might not even be a playoff team. That's how hard it is to make the playoffs. So when you hear your buddies that don't really follow hockey saying, oh, regular season means nothing, regular season is as intense and meaningful as any regular season out there, certainly more so uh, than the NBA. All right, I will be in Winnipeg on Friday, so my intention is to do a podcast on Friday. Way too early to do... um, the uh, the uh, the top 5 for the week because not played uh, that many games to really be able to determine that and with the hour difference and morning skates and stuff, my intention is to do a podcast, but if the schedule just doesn't work out and i got to do the K show from there and do the game from there, um, then I will let you know via Twitter. But my intention is to do a podcast on Friday, and my hope is, fingers crossed, that on Monday we'll get EJ back into the fold and get his weekly thing going. He's just been very busy. And I don't know if you saw him on NHL Network. He looks great. He's lost a ton of weight. He's ready for the season. He's ready to do the podcast and just – hasn't worked out this week, so fingers crossed we'll be able to do it on Monday. You want to get in touch with me up until Friday at Don LaGreca, hashtag game Misconduct. It's the best way to do that. Enjoy all the games tonight. We've got six good ones. I'll talk to you again uh, on the K Show, and then, of course, I'll be in Minnesota and Winnipeg over the next couple of days. So looking forward to the hockey. Talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.